Curtin Cade mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. Maybe you've asked this question. How was circumcision a sign of the covenant in the Old Testament? Or, or how about this one? What's up with circumcision in the New Testament? Uh, if you've ever wondered about that, you're reading along in the Word, and you're like, hmm, boy, this kind of baffles me. We've never talked about this before, and so we figured, you know what? It's about time. Our guest did some research on this and shared his findings with us. Back with us is Pastor Nick Batzig. He is the senior pastor of uh, Church Creek uh, PCA in Charleston, South Carolina. He's an associate editor for Ligonier Ministries. We love our good friends at Ligonier. Hey, Nick, welcome back. It's been a while. Thanks so much. Good to be on with y'all. Yeah. Okay. So you wrote an article, and I'm like, okay, this is something that we have never really discussed before. My guess is uh, we have many believers who were like, well, I've always wondered about this, so I'm thinking we may be overdue for this conversation. How was circumcision a sign of the covenant in the Old Testament? As a pastor, do you ever get this question? Yes. You know, when I was planting a church about 15 years ago, and I was preaching through Galatians, and I was touching on everything that the Apostle Paul says about circumcision and what what it meant, what it doesn't mean, how it doesn't carry over into the New Covenant. And I had a, a congregant tell me he was concerned about me talking about it because children were present. And I thought, well, do you want me to do you want me to preach the Bible? And he said, he said, yes. And I said, do you want me to preach everything in the Bible? He said, yes. I said, well, I would have to stop preaching the Bible um, if, if I were to not talk about circumcision, because it is such a big uh, subject throughout the pages of Scripture, and yet it's one that doesn't get a lot of airtime. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's just dive into this. What was God up to, do you think, uh, when he said, okay, uh, this is an important sign for my people? <laughs> So I think that the subject of circumcision is difficult because you are sort of taking the cumulative teaching of Scripture about the fall, depravity, how corruption passes generation to generation from Adam as our federal representative down, and 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 we're sort of calling together all that the Scripture teaches about how God uses that as a sign of the covenant to show what needs to happen to the hearts of his people, the circumcision of the heart. And, and in doing that, we start to understand there's, there's a divine wisdom to God giving this sign in this way to signify what he was going to do. Um, but it's not an easy subject, so I, I try to flesh that out in this article. So, when we think about this, um, can you imagine, by the way, in the Old Testament, when circumcision happened, when the, the men were adults, and back in those days, and, and how painful that would be? You know, I mean, it's just a common thought. It's just like, wow, that must have been brutal. Yeah, Abraham was 99. I'm sure that was a very painful day. <laughs> yeah, oh, but as, as, mm. as the infants, though, uh, I read somewhere that the eighth day when it was supposed to happen is really when it would be the least painful for the child. 
Yeah, I've heard that too, where clotting is the highest. I, I do think, and I, I touch on this in the Ligonier article, I do think that the eighth day is symbolic of new creation. And John Calvin really develops this, that on a seven-day work week, one being the day of creation, seven being the day of consummation, the eighth day, and you think of the eighth day Sabbaths in the festivals in the Old Covenant, it was foreshadowing the new creation and God giving this sign on the eighth day to the the male offspring of Israelites was denoting that he was going to bring about a new creation through the shedding of blood, ultimately pointing to what Christ is going to do on the cross and in his resurrection. That's so important. The, the principle that you're laying out for us here is to see everything in God's Word, Old Testament all the way to the end of Revelation, to see it through a Jesus lens, or maybe a better way to put it is seeing it through a gospel lens. Um, and, and it's beautiful. You see this wonderful cohesiveness between the Old Testament and the New, and it's just a beautiful thing to behold. So let's talk about circumcision in the New Testament. When it's spoken of, I think maybe some people are a bit confused by this, and you do address this in your article as well. Uh, the apostles largely spoke of it in negative terms when they referenced it in their preaching or including it. Uh, they included it in their epistles. Uh, why was that necessary, do you think? Yeah, that's um, that's such an important thing for us to address because when the apostles speak negatively of circumcision, they're not speaking of circumcision as what God intended in the Old Testament, but rather what um, the 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 Old Covenant Church, Israel, had done with it, making it a badge of superiority or an ethnic badge that made them, in some sense, uh, more important than Gentiles, and, and then, you know, emphasizing that this was necessary for salvation. That was at the heart of the Judaizer issue in, Galatian, in, in Galatians, where Paul is dealing with the issue of saying you need Christ and you need circumcision. You need to be Jewish in order to be redeemed. And, and so Paul is not going to He's not going to hold back at all in explaining circumcision is nothing in the New Covenant. He says that. Circumcision has no place anymore. It served its purpose in redemptive history. So I think the apostles are really addressing a misunderstanding, a widespread misunderstanding of how um, circumcision was being misused, carrying over into the New Covenant. This phrase of the circumcision of the heart, that is a metaphor, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, the um, that God God promised in His covenant dealings with His people that He was going to cut away the filth of their hearts, and that's that's really where you tie together the right understanding of physical circumcision with what it was symbolizing spiritually. Hmm. There are some believers who have said, and it's one of the reasons why we're having this conversation is because you know you never really talk about something like this, so. It's important for us to address it. Is is I've heard some believers say, "Well, God prefers circumcision for physical health reasons because He created us. He knows what is the healthiest for men, and so these are advocates for it." Uh, and yet, there are differing opinions. Uh, what do you say to somebody who's thinking along those lines? Yeah, it's a little bit like the dietary laws of the Old Testament. You know, people say, well, it's it's healthier to eat this way and not to eat what was uh, denoted unclean. 
But when we come to the New Testament, we see very clearly that there are no dietary restrictions anymore. What, what once was unclean is now considered clean because the clean and the unclean represented the Jews and the Gentiles. And now that Christ has come, there is no distinction. There is no, there is no wall of division, as Paul says in Ephesians 2. In the same way, circumcision has to be understood in its, in its redemptive historical context, not, not just in some sort of physical uh, health benefit way. So I think, again, going back to what you said, when we keep Christ as the focus, we start to understand what role these things played in in the history of redemption. I think this is just one example of many that we could give as to why we need to be reading the Old Testament as well as the New, because there's some folks who are like, well, I'm a believer, that was the Old Covenant, I'm just going to focus on the New Testament. You can't really understand the New Testament unless you immerse yourself in the Old. They go together, and there are some preachers, uh, one in particular I'm thinking of, who says we need to unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament and just focus on the resurrection of Jesus, etc. I could go on and on about that, but uh, this is misleading. This is not good to ignore the entire Bible. Yeah, Augustine famously said the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. You can't understand one without the other. The New Testament is the fuller revelation, the greater light. It's the divinely inspired interpretation of the Old Testament. But you can't understand the New Testament if you don't have the Old Testament. I, I think of the work G.K. Beale has done in uh, unpacking the New Testament use of the Old. And, and I mean, the New Testament is, is composed of so many thousands of Old Testament scriptures in their fuller revelation. Yeah, when Jesus was hanging out for the greatest Bible study uh, that, that ever happened, I'm just kind of using that as a, a catchphrase there, the road to Emmaus, and uh, after he rose from the dead and he appeared to those guys and he revealed to them everything about him in the Scriptures. Well, what Bible, so to speak, was Jesus using? Well, he was using the Old Testament Scriptures, so to to ignore them, is not good at all. And that's just one example, I think. You know, what a Bible study that was. Wouldn't it, Nick, wouldn't that have been very cool to be a part of that? Oh, yeah. I, I was meditating yesterday on how after he opens the Old Testament and shows them all the things about himself, it says the the two said, did not our hearts burn within us? Thinking mm-hmm. that that's what sets the heart of a believer uh, aflame for the Lord, is to see Christ in the Old Testament in those ways. Well, Nick, thanks for being back with us. Always a pleasure, and I'm sure we will have you back at some other point if you're willing to come back and chat a bit. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Curtin Cape Morning's podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.